Cool. Welcome to Growth Mindset Moment, a Rug Radio production. We're all about self-leadership through mental, physical, and spiritual well-being methods to maximize our daily potential. Owning our behaviors while supporting our friends, how much more Web3 does it get? There's a hack, habit, or protocol. We are talking about it. I'm your host, Ron Jordan, a.k.a. Rosinante, the Web3 Sensei. And I am joined tonight by my co-host, Alicia Jordan, a.k.a. Schmooper Girl, the Web3 Standards Engineer. We have both been on this growth mindset journey together while shining our light on those around us, showing that we all have everything we need inside us to grow and thrive. And sometimes being reminded of that is all we really need. Thank you for joining the self-leadership movement today. The show format is we have a 15 to 20 minute conversation about growth mindset topic of the week or follow up with our guests of the week from our podcast, where you can check that out at thestarspodcast.com, anywhere you download your podcast from. Our stage is always open, so if something calls you and you want to weigh in, hit that request button on the bottom left of your screen. We'll bring you up and you can join the conversation with us. If coming up on stage isn't for you, leave us a comment in the chat bubble at the bottom right, and we'll get to you very shortly. And make sure you come up on stage at the end of the show for a game of this or that. All right, let's jump into it. Hey everyone, this is Gs for Great, the host of the Mindful Moment Meditation every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your weekly growth mindset moment stretch with my two favorite humans, Ron and Alyssa. It brings me so much joy whenever I hear uh, Gs for Great's voice. Hey, uh, tonight is really all about gaming and uh, being able to scale businesses and delegating and all that stuff. So I wanted to keep the growth mindset stretch of mind tonight uh, related to gaming. Did you know that the first video game tournament was held in 1972 and it was the game Space War and it was held at Stanford University and the winner received, get this, a year subscription to Rolling Stone magazine. That is a far cry from what's going on now in the gaming world um, with some of their salaries upwards of six figures. Um, the highest grossing online gaming tournament to date is called the International. It's an annual Dota 2 championship. And get this. So anybody who's in Web3 will understand this very vividly. What happens is they have this thing called a, a battle pass and 25% of the proceeds go towards the prize pool. Um, so this this past year, they had $40 million in the prize pool. $40 million that they were that they were going for. So um, think about that. NFTs, a little bit of that. I, I think you can connect the dots. So that's my growth mindset stretch for tonight. Well, my growth mindset set stretch was something that we kind of went through over the weekend. And um, a lesson I learned from none other than BZTKD. Um, anyone who's been to the show before or knows us, knows how important, um, how cool and amazing uh, B is. But this past weekend, she uh, competed at an in-school tournament for Taekwondo. And it was, you know, we're reaching the stretch end of the season here where every point that these kids um, get is really important and it feeds into their world ranking state rankings and you know feeds into the rest of the like sort of championship end of the season and um, she is ranked 10th right now in sparring in the world 
She's ranked fifth in combat sparring and fifth in form. So she's like up in those world rankings, but like just barely into those world rankings. So the reason why this is important, I'll digress for just one second, is because if you're ranked in the world, you don't have to win a district championship to go to Worlds. You automatically get to go to Worlds. And that's in Phoenix in July. Shout out to Amanda DeGuardia. We'll see you there. But the... um so this tail end of season points really matter. Brielle had a really tough ring because it's an in-school tournament. We mix a lot of ranks and age groups together to make sure that the rings are full. Um, so she competed against a third-degree black belt girl who's going to be 17 in a couple months. Um, and another girl who was like 16 who's also a third-degree black belt. Brielle's a third-degree black belt. She's 14. Um, and a couple and a couple other girls that were in the ring. Um, well, it came down to it. Her very first match, she got a bye, and her first match was against the 17-year-old third-degree black belt, and Brielle lost. So the way the byes worked and the way the bracket worked out, she was going to get the spar for third. So she she won one match, lost the second match. That's how it went. So she got, she got the spar for third place. Um, her third place match, which would have given her one point in rankings, which every point matters, was against um, a first degree girl who's the same age so they've trained for different amounts of years this girl though had been injured in the match right before brielle's match and um she had taken an axe kick to the back which is like no joke right um so they started sparring it looked pretty good um but b was up to one and the girl was crying um so b took a knee and she was very worried that she hurt her and it turned out brielle did not um b didn't hurt her she had been injured in the axe kick before the match before and um so when the the instructor came over and talked to this girl and like tried to give her a pep talk she was very tearful she was in a lot of pain she was not happy but she put her helmet back on and she was going to power through the match but you could tell she was really scared um so brielle Brielle didn't win that match. She made a choice. She led with her heart, even though it wasn't in her specific interest to lose that match. But this girl was defeated. She was upset and she was hurt. And B made the decision that it was far more important for her teammate to not feel defeated and to not get injured because these 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 girls fight like you have to understand that this fighting um she made that decision so my stretch this week was because as a parent that was hard to stand by and watch your kid essentially throw a match um she didn't do it for the wrong reasons she did it for the right reasons but i'm sitting there and i have to be honest with you i'm sitting there and i'm watching this and i'm like oh my god she needed this point she needed this point for her ranking and then like it hit me like wait one second we've empowered this kid this powerful young woman to make a choice and she chose with her heart over what was going to advance her personal interests over anything else. And that's what's, that's what's important. And people came up to her and made her doubt that decision after the fact. And that made me want to fight people. So the stretch is empower your kids to make these choices, make choices with your heart and don't regret them, stand behind them and reinforce them. So that was a long stretch, but I have a feeling it was worth it. So Go ahead and kick it to you, Ron. Introduce our guest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be hard to follow up that that story. It really did. 
I mean, as you were talking about it, it just put me back in that moment. And it was uh, it was really interesting to watch. Uh, she really definitely was a selfless act. And um, yeah, we I applauded her for that for sure uh, after the fact. But moving forward, we do have an incredible guest this evening. Um, you anybody who's been in Web3 for any time? Um, I mean, are you even in Web3 if you don't have a Super Yeti at this point? Um, let's be honest here. Here's the thing. So Super Yeti first, whenever they minted, they said they were going to create a game. That was the big uh, pull and that was the big uh, push for their entire project as far as utility goes. Well, here today, I believe it was today that they launched on the platform called Sedona. Um, and we have Mikkel in, in studio here today with us on stage. Um, they're under the Sedona uh, tag here, but also manning the super yeti account welcome to the show we're talking about uh team management related to delegating to make sure that we can be able to scale and, and follow through and execute on our projects so welcome to the show Mikkel. hey thank you so much for having us um i uh, it's funny i was a, a super yeti maxi long before i joined the team i have about 78 79 super yetis now um and i joined the team just about a year ago today when we started building sedona so it's been quite the journey uh we have experienced a lot of growth um we've built a couple games actually and yes today was kind of uh the crowning achievement of of this last year of our roadmap for this year um launching Sedona uh, Web3 Game Launcher. So very excited to be here. Happy for any opportunity to talk about Super Yeti and of course Sedona now. Yeah, absolutely. And I did download Sedona Game Launcher. I played the game today. Um, you know, it's it was all pretty seamless. I did get a little bit of a, a scary thing whenever the, the Sedona Launcher popped up. My, my, uh, my virus browser was like, hey, what's this? But then uh, Maya Vast came on and it was like, hey, we're all good. So I uh, did play the game and it's it's smooth. Everything's smooth. The the launcher came up fine. Um, I'm curious, like what's what's your take on sort of Web3 streaming, gaming? Um, obviously, you're, you're mad into the Yeti, so we won't even go down that road. But I'm just curious, like what your stance is on the gaming side of, of Web3? So yeah, um, I, I used to be a big gamer when I was a kid, and I'm going to kind of age myself. I was around for the original Nintendo when it came out. Um, I didn't quite make the Atari, so you guys can probably guess how old I am based on that. I, I was so that I, I or Mikkel, I was I was around for Atari. Okay, so like you're Perfect. in good company. You're fine. Perfect. Totally good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I loved it. I fell in love with gaming right off the bat. I had brothers and sisters. We were super competitive. Mario Brothers. I'm actually a Mario Kart Maxi. Um, that is still my favorite game of all time. Um, and I, I just love what it does for families, for friend groups. Like It's a way of bringing people together, um, especially during times like this, right? Like We're probably facing a recession. Um, people aren't going to be going out and spending as many of their dollars out dining, out at nightclubs and stuff. So providing these platforms and ways for people to congregate spend time together, communicate, game, compete. I think that's going to be really important. Um, so I think it is really a really great time to be getting into gaming, period. Um, but for Web3, 
pre-gaming, we are obviously very bullish. So Super Cape, the the founder of the Yetis, I wish he could be here tonight, but this is his uh, daughter's bedtime. He is a sweetheart. He puts her to bed every night, takes about an hour, um, and he never misses that. He's a good dad. And I think that's something that's kind of overlooked in Web3. We talk about founders, like, should founders be allowed to sleep? Should they be, you know, should they be allowed to put their kids to bed? And absolutely, yes, right? So um, he's a family man first, but he's also a very good businessman. Um, so yeah, yeah, so you know, like you mentioned, Ron, uh, one of our original promises was to build a game. So um, the first game that we actually built was an experience for Sandbox, and it was quite a large build. It has lots of little mini games in it. Um, we completed it. We submitted it to Sandbox. We had one of the Sandbox reps come in. They said it was one of the best builds they'd ever seen. We did kind of a private demo within um, our Discord, but then we missed out on the last Alpha Season launch. They actually denied us in favor of some of probably bigger clout projects like World of Women and others that they they brought in for that season. So that was kind of a bummer for us. Um, but we don't really feel like Sandbox is going to be like the metaverse gaming experience, especially with other side coming out. So we we didn't really push to 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 rework the build and to try to get it in. We we started building a game for our community called Yeti Bomber, which is live on uh, Sedona today. Um, so it's kind of a classic take on the Bomberman game, um, with just little Yetis and snow demons running around. There's some snowmen that chase you down. You can play against like just the 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 bots, or you can play together with communities. You can do little contests. It's really fun. So as we were building that, we realized, you know, hey, there's no standard protocol. There's no APIs, no SDKs for connecting a game to the blockchain. And we have land that will be eventually be integrated into that game um, where you pull resources to build these bombs, etc. Um, so our dev team comes from BitGo, which if you're familiar, they're the world's leading uh, builder of custodians systems that most of us use today. They've never been hacked, super high on security. We have some people from Facebook, Coinbase, um, just a really incredible dev team. And we were like, hey, we come from a product background. This is a product problem that we can solve as a team. And we have the team to do it, right? So um, this is where the idea of Sedona was born. So alongside building the Yeti Bomber game, we started building out the framework for Sedona. Um, and one of the really important things uh, that sets us apart, of course, there are a bunch of launchers out there. Um, I think we have a couple advantages, right? We are super crypto native. We have a lot of relationships with people in the space. Um, we're very good friends with Farouk. We went on the show during our Lancel uh, launch. John Knopf is probably the biggest biggest Yeti Maxi in the universe. He likes to airdrop Yetis to random strangers at Disneyland. Um, I'm, I'm sure they get a kick out of that. Um, but we're just very well integrated in this space. We have a lot of really good relationships with OG uh, holders, CryptoPunk holders, Ape holders that have been really supportive of uh, us building uh, Sedona and also, you know, developing, continuing to develop Super Yeti. So um, we are very native to the space. A lot of the other launchers aren't. So I think that's one of our advantages. Um, we've been able to make contact with some really great teams. We have 11 games that went live with us. Um, probably the headliner was a very OG project called Voxies. We got them across the finish line at the last minute. We have Bullyverse, we have Cryptoria, Flight Force, 
Foxy Fam, which is another OG project, um, and many more. You can check them out on Sedona.com. Um, so yeah, uh, went live. We had an amazing launch party today that ran for two hours. Uh, several hundred people tuned in. We had, I think, a hundred and some downloads of the launcher today. Um, as of last I checked, that was a couple hours ago. Um, so really successful day. But our big our big push for next month is having our custodial wallet uh, regulatorily approved and live. Um, and I think what that's going to do, we, as far as we're aware, none of the other launchers are going after this or are in development. Of custodial wallets, but we've kind of maxed out on the Web3 gaming user, and we don't really have a huge influx of new users coming into the space during the spare market. So it's going to be really important for these games to scale to be able to have to go after that that Web2 user, right? And it's going to need to be a seamless experience, um, a very Steam-like experience that they're used to, where they just log on, sign in with their username and password. They have a custodial wallet. It holds their assets. We are multi-chain. You can hold assets across all the different chains, coins from different chains, um, a marketplace where you can buy and sell an exchange. We will eventually have crypto on-ramps and off-ramps. Um, just basically a Steam, but for blockchain games. So that's been our really big focus this year. Um, we feel really great like really great as a team about how, to, how today went. It was, you know, it's always stressful when you've worked on something for so long and then that big moment comes and we did, we, Almost every week, we have a contest going for another hour. So if you go download and play any game from Sedona.com, send a screenshot of you playing the game to this Sedona account, and you'll be entered to win some ETH prizes. We have like $200, $150. Um, so we had no complaints. Everybody said it was really smooth. There were a few little tiny glitches. But for our first day being live, I, we were just over the moon. And um, a little alpha right after the launch, uh, we had a call with Undead Blocks, which is probably the leading Web3 game in the space, and they have committed to coming on to Sedona. So uh, expect us to launch with them in about a week or two. Sorry, I'm super long-winded. No, that's amazing. What? Congratulations. <laughs> I think that your story and telling the story of the progression and celebrating sort of this great news really is, is a story of resilience for a project that and an ecosystem that many people gave up on really early on. You know, I remember back when um, Yeti's, you know, first minted, I got one at Mint. Um, I actually only got one at Mint because a friend of mine, I was actually in the car and I couldn't mint from my mobile for some reason. And a friend of mine who's in the audience actually below um, minted my Super Yeti for me and sent it to me and then I paid him back and eat later. That was when we all had like we were all like so so careless with how we like did shit. Like we were like, oh who cares about tax implications? I'll buy this shit for you and send it to you later. No big deal. Um but so shout out to this is my crypto name. You're for lifer. Um but to that end, like back in the day we bought Super Yetis because there was, you know, the roadmap had a game on it. And back then it was like, what's the roadmap? You need to commit to your vet. And I don't think anyone really had realistic expectations around what it actually meant to execute on a roadmap, um, specifically from the consumer side. I'd be speculating if I made assumptions about what the project thought. But to that end, people gave up. People fudded Super Yetis super fast. Like it was like super fast, like, oh, it's a rug, they suck. And like everybody gave up, but 
you guys kept it together. You kept going. You stayed focused. And a lot of that had to do with refocusing your teams, refocusing your mission, and being really dedicated to what it was that you really wanted to accomplish, not just as an NFT project, but as a business. And I'd love for you to talk about that journey of like level setting your 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 teams, level setting level setting the mission that allowed you like super yetis are still here, folks. Like your Can super you yetis are still here. So, everyone? <laughs> right. Sedona is still here, clearly launching some stuff and really like think what you want about the NFT project or the business model, whatever. I'm I'm here to hear this story of how you rallied the troops and, you know, garnered that resilience to stay in a space that was so volatile and, and had so many odds stacked against you with the way that the market and the communities responded to, to what, you know, the, the roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I didn't mint super yetis. I actually came in uh, to, to the NFT space in, I, I want to say July 21, uh, my second NFT purchase was a Super Yeti on a pump. Okay. Cause you know, Yetis regularly get these little pumps. Everybody's like, Oh, it's a, it's a bull signal. You know, if the Yetis pump, whatever, everything's going to pump. Right. So I, I bought my first Yeti at 0.14. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, obviously they went right back down to 0.01. Um, so I wasn't on the team then, but I, I have heard the story many, many times. You know, when when I hear Cape tell it, um, you know, we were probably the first way too overhyped project, right? Like we did have a roadmap. We wanted to build a game, but there started to be, you know, like John Knopf reached out to him and Farouk and some of these other people. And there were these clubhouse rooms with thousands of people just like foaming at the mouth to mint these yetis because they were supposed to be the next board apes. Um, and then when, you know, we sold out a little bit more quickly than the board apes, I think um, in just under a week. Um, and then the art started to reveal and there were some problems with like the, I think the metadata and some were revealing quicker than others. And there just started to like be this narrative that developed that they were a rug or, and then of course there was the, the FUD about the foot shadow that was on the wrong side of the Yeti's foot, which is actually funny because now we have a little sub community called the Yeti foot Fetty. There's actually a Twitter account. It's a, a foot fetish for Yetis. They do have some very attractive feet. Um, but yeah, so just like all this FUD came out and there was a lot, there was a lot of hate. I, one DM I read when I first took over the account and I was scrolling back, somebody said that they had put, uh, a, a good portion of their retirement money into the Yetis and they were, ex you know, expecting Yetis to be their retirement, like just kind of these unrealistic expectations. And then, you know, some ex execution items on the team, like the original team was just super Cape and then uh, spark, who is the CTO of Sedona. Um, they, they had a couple like volunteer mods. So nobody really like, you know, it was, it was early in the space. People, we're just kind of like throwing up projects and board apes obviously was very sophisticated and they had this this you know master plan and they 
nailed it, right? But Super Yetis were fun. Like the story of where Super Yetis came from is that Super Cape used to film documentaries about women being trafficked um, over near the Himalayas. So like while he lived over there, um, he, he got into the Super Yeti lore and he was like, there was a point where I really actually believed there were Yetis, like that they existed out there. So it was a really fun project and they wanted to build like a fun game. Like they did have these aspirations, but but the, the hate came on really quickly. And I think, you know, one of the mistakes that the team made, and people openly admit this, is, you know, they, they kind of went silent, right? Like, it was overwhelming. Uh, there were some, like, death threats in the Discord, which whether they're true or, you know, that obviously people probably didn't really have that intention, but it's intense. And these people have families, and sometimes um, this space can be scary, and that's why some founders choose not to dock. So... Um, they kind of went silent. And back to when I entered the Eddies on one of those pumps, I, I came together with this group and it was like Secrets, Melissa Mimosa, ADHD, Dead Cell. There were a bunch of us and we were just kind of like Yeti lovers and we loved that they were underdogs and we thought the art was super funny and fun and lovable and it was the time when um, Sham Du was having some FUD and there was some Penguin FUD and everybody Mechaverse had just come out and everybody was fighting in the space so we started this thing called the 12 Days of yeti Miss, and the team donated a Yeti to give away each day. We did different little fun competitions and the theme was like, can't all the JPEGs just get along? Like, let's stop fighting each other. Let's stop fighting. Like, this is supposed to be fun. So through the 12 days of Yeti Miss, like we kind of got some attention for Roke and, and uh, some other people started talking about us. The Nifty Morning Alpha show talked about us and, and we pumped last January up to like point. Two five, I want to say it was like this great revival. And the nice thing is, is the team. So this is prior to me being on the team. The team had, you know, they never stopped building. They just weren't communicating, right? They didn't really have a PR or comms person. They didn't know how to handle um, that overwhelming kind of fud. So they're like, we're just going to put our heads down and start building and prove these MFers wrong. Um, so they started, you know, working on the sandbox build, working on the Yeti Bomber game. And the the little community that formed around them kind of gave them the space to start working on and developing these things. And that's about when I joined the team um, in February-ish of last year. Um, and we really started working on delivering some of the stuff. So through, through you know, that Yeti miss the first year and then the next couple months, we did a land sale. We had a lot of really exciting things uh, come out on the early first part of our roadmap before Sedona. It just kind of changed the narrative about Yetis. A lot of people were Yeti haters. And then we started seeing a lot of people defending us out there, right? Like the Yetis aren't a rug. They've been out here building the whole time just because they maybe they, they aren't the best at running Twitter or weren't back then, you know, and don't communicate. It doesn't mean they're not building. I mean, there's different strategies. We see it all the time on Twitter. There's some founders that are out there in every Twitter space talking all the time. And then there's founders that are just kind of quiet builders and deliver. And, and I would say that that our founder is more of that variety, although he has um, started getting out there in spaces a lot more. Um, he appears on shows. He's on our every Monday at 4 p.m. We have a gamer's corner where we highlight some different uh, projects that are coming out, either new projects or partners of ours. We probably have about 50 more games in the pipeline waiting to be 
release. So he's really kind of changed his idea about that. And he wants to be a more accessible out there vocal founder. And I love the way that he has learned, you know, over the course of this last year and a half now um, and taken those lessons and pivoted, right? Like he just didn't stay stuck and like, this is how I do things. And I'm just, uh, you know, everybody funded us through them. We're just going to build. Like he adapted, right? He came out, he told his story. And I think the space responded really well to it. I think that's the part to me that really sings true for a lot of different companies a lot of different projects is whenever you get all of that negativity thrown your way how difficult that is to actually handle um and if you're not really prepared for that how how difficult that could be i mean i couldn't even imagine having there was a lot of people inside of that discord at the beginning and i gotta be honest like it really was overwhelming even to be a bystander um so to pivot like that and then to continue to still build. And that's the other thing, too, is like now having Sedona, you're you're actually not only building off of the the Yeti and the Yeti verse is like now you're you're really becoming this this hub for Web3 gaming. And, and that's the part to me that I think is really interesting uh, as far as a pivot goes. And then I'm curious, too. So whenever you're saying that that Super Cape is getting back out and telling his story and being able to be open and honest about things. Um, and the space has responded super well to it, obviously. Like ev- everybody's happy that, that the Yetis are doing well and that Sedona is doing well and had a successful launch today. I'm curious, um, you know, what was that conversation between you and, and Super Cape to do something like that, to be able to put him out there um, to tell that story? I mean, that had to be a c- tough conversation. Yeah, it was and it wasn't. Um, You know, so when I first joined the team and I was interviewing, it's actually, it's a funny story. Like, we almost just flat out could not work together. We had a very like, it, it was like we were learning each other's styles at first. And I think he was still kind of ingrained in that, in that way of thinking, you know, prior. And I was like, no, we need to be out there. We need to be vocal. And we were talking about like how to present some of the different things that we were building. Um, but through that, it, it was like two days of like kind of testy, like back and forth. And then it developed. It's like all of a sudden we just clicked and we have been on the same page ever since then. And I think he's happy. Like, I think he was scared to go out there, right? I think the experience probably was a little traumatic to him. But I think like through feeling the support of everybody that got together around the Yetis and the Yeti, you know, the 12 days of Yeti miss and then me telling him, you know, how I felt, the passion I felt about the project, you know, and why I wanted to join the team. Like I am an underdog believer. We see so many projects rug for the stupidest reasons in this space. Like some intend to rug from the beginning. Some founders die and then come back to life when their uh, when their project starts pumping again. You know, there's like, uh, you know, mental health reasons, you know? I mean, they could have used any of those excuses and dipped with the mint funds and, and they didn't, you know? So I had huge respect for that. 
And just, you know, I, I reaffirmed to him, I was like, you have done the right thing. Like there's every project is going to make mistakes. It's how you handle it. It's how you iterate. It's how you get out there and tell that story. That's what makes the difference. And I think he's just a firm believer in that now. And he's, he's connected to so many other like influential um, founders now, you know, he has back channel conversations. Like he's just, he's a part of the space now. And before I just think he was kind of separate from it, right? Like it was, it was a project, but he wasn't any degen, but he wasn't really connected. But I think he really like appreciates the value of the culture and he enjoys being part of the culture. If you follow Super Cape's personal page, he's a funny motherfucker excuse my french like he's quite the memer like he really just got into it and we like we leaned into the meme of the yetis and it's it's been fun so i think he just like saw the fun in it saw the power the the potential power of like getting that message out there like admitting to to, you know these are the areas where we went wrong and this is and this is what we did to improve it and one of the the things that i think that i need to be appreciated the most about Super Cape is that long before the royalty conversations were happening, long before the bear market, when everything was still pumping, he was like, we need to find a way to make Super Yeti a self-sustaining company outside of any of this because he didn't think strictly PFP projects were going to make it. Unless you're a top 10, 20 collection, you are not going to be able to afford to deliver utility into the future, to keep paying a team, to keep doing all these things. So he wanted to build a product that would keep Super Yeti alive forever. So now now, you know, we we joke internally like Yetis are forever. I tweet it all the time. Like we we will not leave this space. So Yetis are gonna are gonna be here until until there's no more NFTs. If that ever happens, it's just you know that, that was his vision. He wanted to build something that would last, that he could be proud of, that he could pass on to his daughter one day. So I just I you know he's he's such a cool dude. I just I wish he could be here tonight and you guys could hear from him. Um, I have I also work for Pirates of the Metaverse. I I literally am the luckiest uh, employee in all of Web3 because Crypto Poppy, who gave me my first shot in the space, and then Super Cape, I, I just, I could not have better bosses, just flat out. They are some of the best human beings that I know, so um, just want to give them both their flowers there. Thanks so much for sharing That's that big part of the story. I think that, you know, understanding how and when to hit the reset button and kind of recollect whenever you go through something like that is really important uh, for all of us, not just as individuals, but also those of us that are, you know, in the business world and and putting things into perspective, right? Like it sounds like you guys have had to do a lot of putting things into perspective, um, and really like made made like a, a bit of a pivot, but I mean, I guess from the outside looking at it looks like a pivot, but what you guys did was just stayed on course. Um, so, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, what comes next and, and how do you, how do you all kind of as a team decide what comes next? What are you all, how do you keep that focus kind of pushing forward for the growth that you're about to see? Um, I happen I happen to work at a startup and I know that we pivot and then go through growth and then pivot and growth. And it seems to be an ongoing cycle. And sometimes that process can be, um, can be trying for a team. So, you know, what has that experience 
been like for for all of you as a team? Yeah, you know, there's definitely there's there's good days and bad days in Web three. There's moments where you feel completely overwhelmed, and some of it's like the macro environment, right? Like we get all this bad news. Jay Powell raises interest rates again. Everything's going to zero. Like you know, and then you just feel that heaviness of like are we even building in the right space? Like, is this the right thing to do? And then there's there's days where you're just like, God, we are in the right place at the right time doing the exact right thing. So I think it's like kind of maintaining that that balance and even temperament through those those kind of highs and lows and, and almost just ignoring it, right? And like just sticking to the plan. Like we don't... I wouldn't call it pivot. We have a pretty, um, or you know, that we will be pivoting in the future. We have a pretty solid plan for the growth. We are in um, a seed round right now. We wanted to get the platform live, get some big games on there so that we could go to investors and show the progress that we had made uh, as a self-funded company with a very small scrappy team. It, it, it literally is. We have a few um, contractors and then uh, a Discord manager and somebody who runs the Super Yeti Twitter. Um, but aside from that, it's the CTO the CEO Cape and myself, you know, we're a small scrappy team and we've gotten this far um, without any outside funding, you know, just through Super Yeti. So we are in our venture round um, and we plan to raise anywhere between one to 5 million. Um, We've been talking to a lot of L1s and L2s that are interested in funding um, so that we will support their blockchains. Uh, Like I said, we are going to be multi-chain. So we have lots of those conversations going on Um, and our plan really is for the Sedona growth is to keep layering games um, and then layering users, right? So like we want to have an attractive set of games to bring those initial uh, users in. And then we want to go after, especially after we get those um, custodial wallets live, like go after that Web2 marketing using influencers and uh, streamers who are in the Web2 world that are kind of curious about Web3 and then bring in that next rush of players, right? And then come out with another layer of games. We look at it like building a cake, like a layer of the cake, a layer of the frosting, a layer of cake, layer of frosting. And that's how we plan on building and growing this ecosystem. Um, so that's the plan there. And then, with, you know, I can't say like a ton about certain things, but it is very important to us that we reward Super Yeti holders directly from what we do at Sedona. So there are multiple options on the table, um, some exciting things that we're discussing. Uh, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything that comes out. I wouldn't say like, oh, this is alpha and in the next month or two, you're going to be hearing something. Um, but that is a priority to the team that Super Yeti holders are rewarded for, you know, essentially supporting and helping fund the building of Sedona. Like this is one in the same company. We all benefit together. So uh, yeah, that's I'm, what I'd say about that. <laughs> I'm curious. No, also. that's that's exciting news and also uh, a journey from the land of startup that that I think that gets lost is that it's not an easy road. It's it's a <laughs> especially when you're raising money. So that can certainly relate to that a thousand percent. I won't get into that, but I understand that struggle and and all that goes into it, especially for a small team. So not to be and and not to mention like started working startup life seed round in a newer in a newer space like web3 so and not a bear a, market <laughs> and bear market funding so stuff this, oh yeah you have a mix of tech with crypto web3 bear market recession 
you know, the whole nine yards. So the, the struggle, the struggle is 1000%, uh, 1000% real. Go ahead, Braun, go ahead. Well, we got super cape up here. I don't know if we can get him on stage. I think he must've got his daughter to sleep. Oh, that's so awesome. I did have a quick question though. Um, whenever you're talking about raising funds, um, and earlier you said that you were trying to get regulatory approval on the, because I know that being cross chain, uh, cross platform has some nuance to it. And I'm curious what those convers if you can even talk about it, what those conversations are looking like um, from getting those wallets kind of regulatorily approved. Well, that would be a super cake question. Um, I'm more on the marketing side, so he he literally came in at the perfect moment. <laughs> well, and as like so to be clear, I'm I'm the chief compliance officer and general counsel for a tech company. So the regulatory stuff is what gets me going. So super cake, welcome so much. We we've, we've been we've been doing nothing but talking wonderful things about you um, and your team and all the growth that you've experienced and and the what you guys have had to overcome, but also endured and and showed resilience and 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 um, championed that as examples in Web three, frankly, uh, from a mindset perspective, but also from a business perspective. So, welcome to the stage, and please talk to us about regulation stuff. It'd be so cool. Oh, thank you. This is very nice. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I guess just jumping in, it's, it's, I don't think it's, it, it's sort I mean, basically the U S government, like if you're taking custody of anything, like there is, there is some oversight. Um, so it really comes down to like, you know, like our privacy statement and our terms and conditions and like what that all entitles. Um, and that can run the gamut of all the way, like what Coinbase does, right. Where they really are really like ramped up all the terms, terms of service that they provide. And then, um but on our end it's like it's more like we can't be hacked right we can't like this is like that's like that's just not like a possible thing so um it just it just really requires a lot of audits um and security um around all of our systems um luckily like the team like behind sedona is um some of the best people that i've gotten to work with and it's and this is like their um this is like their expertise is, is custodial wallets um, so like everything that we built has been under kind of like their purview of like, this is the CTO and, and other people in security, um, who built out the, the platform. Um, but, um, yeah, actually like the SDK was probably like the hardest thing that we had to do because it really wasn't like something that they, they do normally. Um, but everything else is like really kind of like blockchain core technology. So, um, they were, you know, cause a lot of times if you, if you're going to go build a custodial wallet, like it almost like 90, 95% of the time you have to go outsource it to uh, a third party. Most people won't build it themselves um, just because it is, it, it, they're just not, they're hard. Um, and so, um, yeah, anyway, so for us, it's, it, it's, it's a little bit of our edge right now. Like we're, we're happy with it. We know that we need to do more to be like um, an all encompassing platform for, for Web3 gaming, but uh, it is something that like we constantly get asked all the time, like when's it going to come live? And, and uh, we've been able to, bring on some really large games uh, because of that too, because like, that's what they're interested in. They're in- interested in like simplifying uh, onboarding for Web2 players or, or basically how to ha- how we can help Web2 players come in and play easily. You know, one login, they're done <laughs> to click anything else. Um, I think that's something that we are excited about and that's what we're really focusing to get done. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
I think that it, it goes sometimes unappreciated specifically with some of the businesses that were established in Web3. So people talk about launching Web3 projects and NFT projects. I have always, I always have retorted with these are businesses that are just getting their start in Web3 for the most part, especially those that actually have a business plan or aka a roadmap they intend to follow through with. It's really starting a business. You just happen to use an entry point of Web3 to get your business started. And I think that I, I love hearing you talk about some of these things that go into custodial wallets and even just establishing yourself as a business that happened to use NFTs as an entry point, as a message out there for everyone that's looking to build a business that it's more than just money. It's you got You have to have technologically sound people who know what they're talking about. You have to have subject matter experts that you can bring into the fold to consult with. You have to you have to have terms and conditions that make sense for what services you're delivering to your end users. You have to have privacy policies and and data security and privacy practices in place. And and that's for anyone that's you know doing business in you know the the internet ecosystem, uh, be a blockchain or otherwise. So, I appreciate you know your insight on that and sharing it because I think that sometimes in the in the fast paced world of like entrepreneurship, which is there, a Web three is certainly permeated with, um, a lot of the logistics kind of get forgotten along the way. And entrepreneurship is great, but entrepreneurship with like guidance is even better because we do things the right way. So, you know, appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, right? Like you're, you want to go start a business and, you know, someone like, oh, like you need to go start, you know, you need to incorporate. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. It's like, hey, but you also need like, you need to kind of like wrap your corporation into some like, you know, into the terms and conditions and all. And it's like, but it doesn't really end, like, especially in crypto because it's a constant like moving target. And it's, I think it's equally frustrating because like there's a lot of really cool stuff that like, we want to do because it is crypto, it is blockchain, but there's just like, there's no clarity. It's like, it's like, it's a risk right now to try and do interesting, cool things. Right. And so you kind of have to go back to like core principles, that, like that we've all seen in web two and incorporate them in really interesting things that are, 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 a, you know, a little more opaque, but like you have more firm standing on. Um, but like to go out into like, um, and to create like a, your own coin right now, especially as a U.S. company, is like like good luck. No, <laughs> seriously, good luck because like they're gonna like people are gonna they're gonna come after you. Uh, the door is gonna come knocking eventually. Yeah, no, I I think that that's such a another really important point that you know having foundational principles and standards that you have set that you're going to adhere to as a foundation for your path forward when when the when you said opaque, but when there's a gray area, when there's a a, a a space for some choices to be made, like knowing what the right, you know, where your right thing to do is starts, um, kind of gives you guidance through some of those gray areas. Um, and you know, a lot can be said for that, not just, you know, in web three from, you know, the community perspective that we hear things, but also from a business perspective. Um, I, I frequently talk about ethics in this space too. And, I, I frequently remind folks that, you know, all of us get to set the standards for this space for what we expect and how we're going to conduct ourselves. So knowing, you know, reinforcing the fact that knowing where you stand on certain things as kind of guides you so you don't have the moral compass of Jack Sparrow whenever you're presented with a choice is 
is um, is really important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's a landmine for um, for like new people coming into the space, and like it's it's hard to like it's it's. I think that like especially in, in the gaming space, right? Like um, traditional gamers hate anything that's that changes, right? You can look at any. A very popular game that made any kind of changes, like they're going to have a huge uproar, and so we have a huge communication problem about like you know what benefits does a like a Web three game offer to to like a, a gamers and like to game companies and game companies are on board. Like they're like we're, we're seeing all day. Like I, I constantly tell people like Mikhail and I have a really fun job because like we speak to game developers like every day, and so we have this really under like cool like view into like what's happening. It's <laughs> like really, really cool stuff happening. Um, and all the indie devs are, no, like a huge chunk of indie devs are coming over and creating really interesting things. So we're, I, I think we're going to see some breakout games potentially this year and even next year. Um, but then like, I think on the flip side, it's hard because like there's so many scams and there's so many like things going on. Um, I sometimes go to like, I don't know if you guys have seen this website because like Web3 is going just great. Um, but like it basically like documents all the scams and like uh, things are going on and it's not. So that means it's crazy the amount of crap that goes on in our space. And, and I think as an outsider, you see that and you're just like, oh, this is like red flags. Um, so it's hard to like, you know, show the diamonds in the rough one. Like, you know, all this, all this like tornado is going around us all the time. Do you see more on the on the way of PC gaming, or do you think that we'll be able to have the mobile gaming uh, for Web threes for Web three games, or does it start PC? Like, I'm I'm curious where that is going to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm grateful that you didn't say uh, browser. Um, so, like, when we entered the space, browser was basically what everyone was doing, and we definitely took on a lot of heat for like not supporting browser. Um, we just I mean, if you look at the web two, like people who play browser games, they're just it's just, it's just a very small, very tiny sliver of the whole pie. And um, you know, the last two three months, we've seen that basically obliterate. Like almost like a huge percentage of the games are now on launchers or they have their own launcher. And so we do see currently right now we do see the strength in um, in currently in desktop. Um, I think mobile is really exciting. I, I think on two fronts is really tricky because like with desktop, you can make some really interesting um, like opportunities because of all the complications of blockchain actually increases interoperability, uh, you know, basically like using cross-chain interoperability and be able to like take one asset. For example, there's a lot, when people say interoperability, there's a lot of different things people think, but I think the way that we think about it is like, um, if you have an asset in one game, uh, NFT, can the NFT be moved into another game and can it do interesting things in that game? So maybe that's like the first step of interoperability. But because of the complexity of, of blockchain, it actually kind of creates this um, roadmap for developers to work around. Um, the way that I see it is like the same way that like AR was going on. Like AR, AR was, um, there was a lot of different like ways that people were going at it. But then when Apple came out with their like AR kit, everyone was like, okay, like this is the standard. And so everyone like went to the standard. So I think what's interesting with what the gaming is like, there's a lot of standards that are being built. Um, and a lot of that could just be around, uh, you know, some type of NFT contract or whatever it is. But I think that actually increases like the chance for these games to, to interact easier. Um, so to get to your question about mobile, 
it's just that like the the tricky thing with mobile is like it, it is a little bit harder with the technology. Like if you look at like mobile in in overall like cryptocurrency right now, it's like you know it kind of survives around exchanges, but there's not like a lot of stuff going on. Like there's not like a lot of DeFi or um, you know if you look at the whole NFT sector that was mostly driven on desktop. So I, I don't know. I don't really know the answer. I, I think it will take off. I think that there's a lot of casual gamers. And like, you know, you can imagine like Candy Crush maybe being like a crypto game. Um, as far as like how that's going to work, uh, we're not really sure. We haven't really seen some good examples of how that technology is going to work so far. And I also have always had the question too of, so just how there's a Nintendo, there's Xbox, there's PlayStation, and you're talking about different standards that you're building around. Is that something that is a conversation where, you know, Sedona becomes the, the Xbox or whatever, like call your brand? Um, is that is that something that you're trying to build and have other games built around? Uh, is that something that you're moving towards, or does it really not even cross your mind? I, well, I think a, a lot of like I think mostly what's on our mind is that like you know obviously we want to be a marketplace, but we want to be a destination. And so like well, all those things that you just mentioned, like the biggest thing that differentiate differentiate well the the main part that differentiates them versus like Steam is that Steam never had a console, right? It was always just, like, mostly there for indie devs, you know, online, PC gaming. You know, now they do have, you know, now they have their mobile, you know, uh, solutions for, for, for games, and they do have more things, so they're kind of, like, entering into that hardware scene. And so maybe that's a potential path that Sedona can go, where it's, like, we are mostly here for, you know, PC gamers and for maybe something in mobile. Um, but then, like, as technology develops, we can see opportunities. Um, but I think like the the big focus for us is like how do we become that destination? Like how do we become that place for um, first for the game developers to come to us and to want to bring their games onto our launcher, and then for us to like build that relationship with the gamers that this is like an easy you know easy to use platform, and then like and and to make it sticky. I think that I think that's probably I think actually what's really interesting about the space right now is that no launcher or uh, games have figured it out. Games have figured out how to get people to come back and to come back and to play in Web3. Um, but they're generally grinding for, you know, for, for an asset or for... Um, and there's not a lot of players who are just having fun yet. And um, I think that's going to be, like, a huge hurdle is, like, how do you get Web2 players to come over and play Web3 games? And obviously, like, there needs to be the games that are there. Um, so that's, like, a lot of like what we think about is, like, you know, working with the right games, but also like figuring out like how do we approach the gamers and like give them opportunity to like enjoy and to consume these games. Um, and, and potentially there could be an output where they do win something or that the points are a cryptocurrency or that they do own their NFT. So I think that there's a lot that we're thinking about there, but like if we can just win, like to be that, that main general marketplace and we would be obviously like very stoked. Well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing too, is you're not trying to do everything for everybody. You're also, you're, you have a vision and you have a, a target that you're trying to move towards. And that's something that I really enjoy you talking about. Um, and, and that's something that I think that we can all as, as founders, as business owners, as just as people uh, moving towards any goal is to have a vision and to make sure that you're working towards that vision and everything that you're doing step-by-step step is, is towards that vision. So um, super cape thank you for for joining us tonight and like just sharing your story sedona congratulations on a successful launch today um if if you guys have not yet downloaded it i'm telling you i i was able to download the sedona launcher 
and the Yeti game in under five minutes and be playing on the on the, like immediately. So super simple, um, very easy to play. It gives you a little tutorial at the beginning. So everything that you're used to in gaming, uh, I highly suggest if you if you just want to do a casual game, it, it's definitely for you. So um, and I'm also a, an Astro Yeti holder. So that's like my my claim to fame. So let's go. Hey, to close out the show, though, we do like to close out with a little bit of a game here. So if you would uh, anybody who wants to come up on stage, play this or that with us, we're going to close it out with a couple laughs here and get to know our guests a little bit better uh, through this, this or that game. Um, Ron, I have a question. Go for it. I heard that there's a bounty on our rewards platform and i saw a secret word prompt is that for today um actually funny you should bring that up we should um we should just create one right now i'll do a listen to earn create secret code so we're we do this thing called gmm dot expand rewards dot xyz so every time that you come to the show uh you get to earn gmm points and you get to redeem those for different rewards inside of our uh our store and so tonight i'm gonna do super yeti launches on sedona and the secret code tonight is gonna be astro yeti and you're gonna get five points, and I'm gonna give that out to the first 20 people who come in. Uh, we're gonna start it today. Is that is that case sensitive? Like at nine? Th- no, you don't have to do any case sensitive. But I did do it all caps. I I do not believe that it's all all case sensitive. Um, okay, good. Yeah. All right, cool. So that is created. we learned something new. That's created. And like I said, uh, it's Astro Yeti is the secret word. And you just go to gmm.expandrewards.xyz. Yeah, good call on that one. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, here, awesome. Let's do some game show music and let's play this or that. Mm-hmm. And now is the time you've all been waiting for. It is the growth mindset moment. This or that. Everybody get up on stage. Let's get it going. Mario or Luigi? You just, Mario. You just blurted out. Oh, we got a bunch of people coming. Let's go. Let's go. Big Carl. Mel. Did you say Mario? Yeah, I said Mario. All right. Of course. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Mario girl myself. I'm going Mario as well. Luigi. Mario. 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 Luigi, come on. <laughs> Go for it. Uh SpaceX or Blue Origin? Oh Jesus. SpaceX. 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 Oh, SpaceX, that's painful. SpaceX. I know. I like it hurts. It, it hurts we my trust. soul. No, <laughs> shut up. No, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Uber or Lyft? Uber. 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 Lyft. <laughs> Lyft. The pink mustache, guys. Come on. Uh, I'm not, I am. I'm in that. 
I'm really mad at Uber for making it much harder to get apps approved in the Apple App Store when you push them out from, you know, when you push them out to production. I, I'm just going to say that, that they're kind of rude for screwing that up for everybody by geofencing some stuff. So, like, I'm still mad at them, but I still use them. Whichever is cheaper. You always check both. Who gives a shit which one it is? Neither. They're both terrifying. I'm with you on the check and both. I say Lyft. I used to work for both. Lyft is fun. The people are more fun. That's the insider alpha. There it is. I mean, I'm I'm just scared because I know a few people that Uber that shouldn't even have driver's licenses. So I don't know if, if Lyft is a little better at vetting. If that's true, then I, I will say Lyft all the way. <laughs> I was I was one of the first people in Pittsburgh to drive a Pits, pit, uh, pickup truck as a Uber, just so you know. That's a nice claim to fame. Claim to fame, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Astro Yeti or Diamond Hands Yeti? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Astro Yeti. Even though the diamond hands are more rare, there's an entire community around Astro Yeti led by Secrets. Um, And he is actually planning to, when the Yeti's moon, build a Wendy's on Mars. And only the the Astro Yetis are invited. So I can get a JBC up there. uh, Well, as a spouse of an Astro Yeti holder, I'm going to go with that then, Astro. Hopefully I get a plus one. Definitely Astro. Nice. I'd say Astro in light of that information just shared. <laughs> yep, that's I definitely want to go to Mars and eat at a Wendy's. It's such I, I love his I love his lofty goals. Uh, 3D games or 2D games? 3D graphics have to be good. Yeah, headset or no headset. <laughs> oh, uh, no headset because a headset makes me nauseous after about 23 minutes. <laughs> so I have to be honest, like I am the worst gamer on planet Earth and Ron will watch me play like um, Hogwarts Legacy. And I'm the worst at control. I'm worse. I'm the worst at controlling my person when it's in 3D. Like I... I can never figure out where to look or yeah. like, like I, I, I got better. Whew, oh, it's a rough situation. So give me, give me a 2d super Mario brothers all day long. And I'm so much better at that. <laughs> I agree 2d all the way. I have not, I, I don't think I've played a 3d game yet. All the games. <laughs> I like the, uh, I like 3d game open world. Double joystick, more X, Y axis, the better. I'm really bad at this or that. You're all good. All right, last one for the night. Nintendo Switch. Wait, what about what? What about E22? What's E22 saying? What do you do? He doesn't care. He's off. No. Uh, see, now I had like three different things and I forgot them all because like no RAM, remember? Yeah, no RAM. <laughs> yeah. All right, last one for the night. Nintendo Switch or PC? PC. Nintendo Switch. Yep, give me that Switch. 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 I like Switch. Switch. 
I'm old. And I've never Are you guys even gaming? <laughs> Switch, but I can't figure out how to use. Like I know I work for Sedona, but I can't figure out how to use the keyboard to keep play games. Still, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because B just came downstairs from playing Fortnite on PC, and she would die. Well, she would she would be mortified at my response. So I'm just gonna go ahead and pretend like I didn't say what I said before she got yeah. down here. So good. Yeah, I'm just saying PC because I've never played a Switch before. So, but I'm, I don't game really, so I don't count. <laughs> you still count. You always count, E22. I appreciate it. Hey guys, thank you yeah, all. Like- thank you all for showing up tonight. Uh, Super Kate for coming up a little later, being the dad of the year, putting your daughter to bed. Love that so much, Sedona. Congratulations on the launching of projects or on your project today uh, with the the game launcher for Web3 Games. If you guys are Looking to create a game. They also have a submit a game uh, on their website. So it's at uh, Sedona.com and uh, check out their Twitter. Go follow everybody on this on the stage uh, to the left, to the right, all that. You know how to do it. Um, Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight and to celebrate your successful launch. Uh, Just absolutely amazing. Super awesome. And way to go, Super Yetis. Thank you. Hello, Yetis. Enjoy the journey.